Thank you for that beautiful song. He is risen indeed. Amen? Are you all out there? Amen? Amen. Jesus is alive. It's wonderful to know that we serve a risen Savior and uh, love Easter time, Easter Sunday, but you know, we ought to be excited every day of the week, every day of the year, because uh, we should celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, he, we have His witness in us, a living Savior within us. Well, it sure has been a joy to uh, be here with you this week, and uh, it's just a blessing, uh, again, to, well, to be here, and we're just so thankful for your hospitality, you know, and for th- this week, just investing really in our lives, and, and uh, we really just uh, get to have a part of this, and just to see what the Lord really is doing here in this church, and uh, not just this church now, but in, uh, a couple other churches that you've had the part of privilege of starting here in this city, and but just just seeing the need here in this city, New York City, the largest city here in the United States, and you know one of the largest here in the world, and and boy, it has a great need of the gospel, does it not? Amen. And uh, and so this is the reason why we have this is just to open up our eyes, open up the eyes of the students, but then also myself, and I can go back and just share the you know, the, the need here of, of New York City and the surrounding areas of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, and I speak on behalf of the students here also, just thank you so much for uh, your hospitality, for, for housing us here, for all the food, and uh, just your fellowship, friendship, enjoyed the game night, and just, you know, getting to uh, have a little uh, fun together. And we sure have enjoyed our time. Uh, as you know, when I come here, I'm, I guess I'm just, I'm known as Chad's dad. That's what's, hey, and so I've become famous that way, you know, as Chad's dad. And that's all right. I'll take that. That's, that's, that's okay. Uh, well, I've been coming here since 2006 and it, you know, and it, of course each time I come here, I just more burdened all the time for, uh, this city and the need, but it's exciting to see how. You know, little by little, how the Lord is just blessing and working, and it's just really a thrill to see these other churches now started, and just the report how God has worked today, uh, just the results of, uh, you know, the visitation efforts. Uh, really, it's, uh, I know a lot of has gone into this, uh, a lot of prayer has gone into this, and really, you know, and, and God worked. God moved, and, you know, the, the visitors that came here, the visitors at the different churches, and, and uh, it really has been a, a thrill to be a, a part of this. And, you know, God is, as, as we've, we've, we've been singing today, I mean, God's alive, and He is still on the throne, and things can look dark and bleak, but I tell you what, it's, it's exciting to be a part of the Lord's work and still see people saved and see churches established. And, you know, we're just so thankful to just to be here this week. And thank you for your investment in Heartland also. The offerings you're giving and you know, your pastor and their family coming to Heartland, I don't know, several times, three or four times in a year, and I know that's a lot of sacrifice and work. And of course, grandkids might have some of that uh, part, you know, do with that some, you know, come and see them too, but uh, anyways. Uh, but, you know, investing, though, thank you so much for your investing. A- as you saw the, the, the presentations there, you know, why, why give to Heartland? Well, 
uh, you, you are investing in future preachers, future missionaries. Uh, I mean, actually, they're doing the work now in, in, in leading people to Christ and preaching there in Oklahoma City and here. But one day they could be on some, you know, a, a mission field somewhere around the world. Or they could be right here in New York City. You know, uh, and so it, it's worth the investment and labor. So thank you so much for that. Well, let's turn in the Gospel of Luke tonight. Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. And uh, verse... Number 42, read from verse 42 to verse 44. And it says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him, and came unto him, and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Let's read verse uh, 43 one more time. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore am I sent. I'd like to preach a message entitled, Derailed by Distractions. Derailed by Distractions. Let's go to the Lord in prayer here tonight. Your gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. So thankful for this week. What a blessing it has been. I know it's touched my heart. and I know the other men that's here are so thankful how that you've worked uh, this week. And and uh, so thankful for this day that we're able to recognize the, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for the resurrection, uh, we'd have no hope. And so thankful for salvation. Or maybe there's one here tonight that's not saved. I pray they'll come to know the Lord as their personal Savior. And Lord, just uh, enable me tonight. Just give me the words I need to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, in my... Uh, uh, devotion time, I was coming across this passage, in fact, it was just uh, uh, actually this past Wednesday and reading through here and, and uh, then Brother Montoro asked me to, about preaching and, and I had some other messages, but I couldn't get away from this and, and, and as you see this verse, uh, of course, us being in, you know, as us men being here and observing this city, this just stuck out to me, this verse right here and so the Lord laid upon this upon my heart, and uh, so started developing it. So we'll see how it goes tonight. So, uh, anyways, derailed by distractions. You know, so many things that can distract us in life, can they not? Uh, get us off course. Uh, another word I thought of was uh, derailed, and I was thinking about that, and thinking about as we're you know traveling on the subways. And I thought, oh man, I don't know if that's a good word to use. Derail. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I guess it uh, does happen. Um, but we're probably more than likely to have an accident in our car out in the streets than be derailed the subway or a plane to crash or something like that. But so, anyways, I thought I'd just you know stick with this word. Uh, a lot of times we use that word, we can get uh, sidetracked or derailed, uh, you know, in life uh, by something else that can happen. 
get us distracted, maybe lost or disoriented. And uh, on our travels around New York City, we say, hey guys, let's, let's stay together, let's keep focused. We don't want to, Brother Montoro tells us, to, hey, uh, you, you, you missed the, the, the train car, then just stay put. Someone will come back and, you know, get you. So, so far, uh, nothing has happened. So far, nothing has happened yet. Well, boy, we can easily get distracted seeing, seeing a person or seeing some sight. The next thing you know, whoops, I've lost the group. Uh, this happens all the time when I'm in the store with my wife. You know, I just turn my head for a moment and she's gone and, you know, it's shopping. So, uh, but distracted. There's a story about this uh, guy that played the bagpipes. And the story, the story is about a young man who used to make a few extra dollars as a bagpiper. And who mostly played for funerals. Well, one time he was asked by the funeral director to play at a graveside service for a homeless man. This man had no family, no friends. So the service was to be at a cemetery in the Kentucky backcountry. The young man was not familiar with the area and got lost. And being a typical man, uh, wouldn't stop for directions. Finally, he arrived an hour late and saw the funeral guy had evidently gone and the hearse was nowhere in sight. All he saw were the diggers and crew left and they were eating lunch. He felt bad and apologized to the men for being late. He went to the side of the grave and looked down. The vault lid was already in place, but not knowing what else to do, he started to play. The workers put down their lunches and began to gather around. He Played his heart out for this man with no family and friends. He played like he'd never played before for this homeless man's memory. As he played Amazing Grace, the workers began to weep. They wept. He wept. They all wept together. When he finished, he packed up his bagpipes and started for his car. Though his head hung low, his heart was full. Just as he was opening the door to his car, he heard one of the workers say, i never seen nothing like that before, and I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years. <laughs> Distractions, getting lost. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I'm so thankful that Jesus was a obedient to his heavenly father, and he wasn't distracted by the work that his father had him to do. Okay. Again, we can, we can get distracted by all kinds of, of things in life. Well, what was the work that his father called him to do? Well, one of the things that he was, his, one of, his work was prayer. Prayer. Look at verse... Uh, Verse number 42, and it says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. Now, if we compare this to Mark chapter 1, verse 35, and we say, well, what did he do in a desert place alone? Well, in Mark 1, 35, it's, it's in correlation with this, he spent time in prayer. Uh, early in the day, he, he went out to a solitude place to pray. And he began to pray. Uh, he began his ministry with Prayer. Began his day with prayer. And that's one of the things that, as, as believers, that 
that's one of our responsibilities that we might say our work to do is prayer. Uh, that's really how we ought to begin our day. Uh, I'll have to confess there's times I don't. And I'm telling you, and maybe as, as you could probably testify, that the day doesn't go quite as well. I know it does it for me when I don't spend that time in prayer as I should. I need that time in prayer. I need that time of fellowship with my Lord, and my Savior, my Heavenly Father. It just helps the day go a whole lot better. Uh, it, it, it helps me to be more dependent upon Him. And uh, He gives me wisdom uh, to go through the day, to do His work. And, uh, you know, on, when it comes to prayer, it also shows that there's preparation on the part of, of the Lord. He's preparing His heart. He's preparing for the day. And if our Lord needed to do that, you know, what about us? In being ready for the day. We don't know what the day's going to hold. We don't know what we're going to face, right? We need to be prepared. It shows, you know, really dependency upon His Heavenly Father. And if Jesus was humbling Himself and being dependent upon His Heavenly Father, again, should we not also? And following His example and and a dependency and trusting in his heavenly father. You know, there is opposition. There's an enemy. We don't know what's going to come our way. We need to be prepared. Uh, we could talk about all kinds of different examples and things. If it's the sports world, uh, being prepared for that uh, game or in, in playing the piano or singing. Hey, it takes practice. It takes work. It takes preparation. Uh, to be prepared for that uh, performance, to be prepared for work. You work some job and you have to do some things in preparing for, I don't know what it might be, if it's a sale or whatever it may be. You know, we need to prepare things for life. Students are here you know, preparing for a test, right? You know. I know how it is. We, we, we can, we, I've been there myself before and wait to the last minute, that cramming time for that exam or that project. And, or it might be the workplace, right? And, and we feel like, boy, I wish I would have spent more time in preparing. Yeah. Well, Jesus took this time in preparing for his day, preparing for what uh, may come. And again, there is there's oppos opposition. There is the enemy. Uh, the psalmist David said, you don't have to turn there, but in Psalm 119, verse 147, he says, I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. David knew the need of meeting with the Lord early in the morning. Now, I know it may not be the, the time everyone, you know, well, I'm not a morning person, whatever it might be. I mean, you, you know, you'll find that time of, of prayer uh, when you can get with the Lord. Again, I see the importance of morning time because, again, it helps you prepare for that day and things coming ahead. But also, I mean, not just the morning, all throughout the day, right? We need to spend time in prayer uh, having our thoughts directed toward him, being dependent upon the Lord, uh, being prepared for what he has for us to do. Well, the next thing I see about the Lord's work was preaching. Preaching. And as we see here, he first prayed, spent time in prayer before the preaching, before the work. We found that we, we, we see here that there's work to be done. And the work here is preaching, verse 43, and he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. I'm going to focus on this uh, 
word here. We're going to look at several words here tonight, but uh, the word preach means to bring good news, to announce glad tidings. Yeah, and in particular, here's salvation obtained in Christ and the, the kingdom of God that is to come. And we all have good news to proclaim from time to time. And, you know, we, we, we get some good news. We like to testify of that. And there's been testimonies here tonight of, of, of good news and uh, those that have come to Christ or other things that come in our life. If, if we have a, a, a new baby that's born, a new nephew or whatever it might be, we, we like to share that good news with others. Well, how about our salvation, right? Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others. This is what uh, uh, preaching is about. To preach, uh, to, again, to proclaim, to, uh, to preach good news. You know, everyone is really called to preach. I said, wait a minute. I, are you saying that uh, women can be preachers? Uh, I didn't say pastors. All right. The, the word preach means to proclaim, and everyone is to proclaim to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Men, women, children, we are all to preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, well, what did he preach? Well, again, he, he, he preached good news. He brought deliverance from the bondage of sin. Praise the Lord. He preached here, the, the, it says here, the gospel of the kingdom. Verse number 43, I must preach the kingdom of God. The grace of God, the grace of God in the kingdom. See, grace is something that we don't deserve. We deserve hell, right? Yeah, that is what we deserve, but he brought the grace of God. Yeah. You know, all men desire to be part of the kingdom of God, but they do not want to be subject to the king. Sad. The Jews talked about the kingdom. Oh, they loved the kingdom, but they didn't want to be submissive to the king. And Jesus Christ came and preached repentance. Repent for, he said, and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We must repent. Repent means you see the direction that you are going and you realize that the direction I'm going is not the right direction. And you, and you decide, you make a decision to change and begin following a new direction. You realize that the life that you're now living is not right. The pathway that you're on, yep. and you decide to follow, you know, to repent of that, to make that change, you realize, I am a sinner. I'm trying to follow my own way to heaven, and I need to, and, and to realize that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He's the only way that, He is the only one that can save you. And so he brought this, the preaching of the good news that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Notice another word here. It says, I must preach. Look at that word, must. The preaching was urgent. That word must, it's, it's, it's a necessity. There's a need of it. I like what, uh, uh, in, in looking, up this, looking up this word in a, in a commentary, it says the necessity is lying in the, uh, the nature of the case. Well, the, the nature of the case, well, what do you mean? 
Well, the nature of the case would be is this, that God is holy. He's a holy and righteous God. He cannot allow sin into heaven. Man is sinful. God is a just God, and so he must judge sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the nature of the case is this, that Jesus Christ came and paid the penalty of our sin. And the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And so that's the, the necessity there. Uh, the need to proclaim this message, you see. Jesus says here, I must preach. Showing the, really, the, the urgency of the matter, Right? I mean, death is real. We, we have no idea when our time is, is going to come for us to die. We don't like thinking about death, but that is one appointment we cannot miss. It will happen. Unless Jesus comes and, praise the Lord, you know, one day he, he, he will come. and We may not have to experience that. But it is an appointment that we will, we will face one day. So there, there is an urgency of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who have not received him yet, maybe have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, if there's a, if there's a, a, a house that is burning and, and you, we know of someone inside that house, there's an urgency there to tell them, right? To do what we can to break down the door, to get, pull them out of the house, to, to save them, an urgency. So Jesus says here, I, I must... Preach the kingdom of God. And notice here it says that I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. To other cities also. That's the phrase that really caught my attention. You know, he was, uh, earlier on in the chapter, he was in Nazareth. And that was his hometown. Uh, wasn't able to do much there in his hometown just because of unbelief. And now we find him in Capernaum. Need of the gospel, city that's nearby. But Jesus says here, there's, there, there's other cities also that, that need the gospel. You know, that's why we come here to New York City. Because there's, there's a need of the gospel here other than just Oklahoma City. Uh, God called us to Kenya. We were there in Kenya for, for 13 years. Uh, labored in two different cities and other villages around the cities and things. But then now God's called us back here to the States because there's a need in other places of the world. And it challenged others to go into other cities of the world. And so Jesus, I mean, he, he was looking upon the harvest fields and and the, the, the cities of the world today, I mean, you think of the metro area of New York City is, what, you know, 20 million, something to that effect, uh, of the metro area. That's massive. Us rural Kansas people, it's hard to, uh, you know, fathom that. You know, I was a grew up in a little town of 5,000 people, you know. But I've had the opportunity of visiting Sao Paulo, Brazil. The fourth largest city in the world. Uh, that, that just boggles the mind. Millions upon millions. You could take all the missionaries in the, in the country of Brazil. From what I, statistics I've read, you know, maybe somewhere around 400 
independent Baptist missionaries, give or take, you could put all of them just in that one city and it would not be enough. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yeah. Just, just the enormity of, of the task. It can be many times just overwhelming. And so we must keep looking upon the harvest fields and lifting up our eyes and, and looking. And again, Jesus says, I must. He says here again, verse 43, I must preach the gospel to other cities also. Not just here, but to other places. Other cities of the world. We must, we must go. Again, there, there must be that urgency. We must have that sense of urgency that there's a need for other places. You know, you know again, here, our, our time just right here, you know, I, I know I can speak for behalf of, of each one of the guys here. Just amazing how that each of the areas that we had the opportunity to be in are just so vastly different. You know, and Brother Franz, when we, you know, of course, we visited uh, uh, Brother Newberger first, and then, uh, of course, we've been here, then there, then up at uh, Brother Franz first. And Brother Franz, he just said, you know, hey, you, I'm sure you notice just the difference between here and, and uh, Brooklyn down there. Oh, yeah. But they all need the gospel. Every area. You know what I'm... Uh, I notice here is that, you know, there's... Uh, you talk about cities here. To other cities also. I know they may not be as large as, as, as obviously as this city or other places of the... Uh, like this day and age, but... But still key... Talk about cities. Uh, you know, cities are focal points of change. Cities impact... Other areas, rural areas, and Brother Montoro points these things out in our classes, our sessions, and how, especially like the elections here in our country, and you know how, uh, what sways the elections, and points out that it's the metropolitan areas of our country. You know, it's not; it wasn't anything different back in the Bible times. Do you realize that's how how God led Paul was to key cities, key. Uh, Trading centers that, that would have an impact upon the surrounding areas. Do you realize that, that Paul could claim that he had uh, reached the entire province, entire region, but yet it had only maybe been in just a few key cities. Why could he claim that? Because he, he would expect that those who had received the gospel would take the gospel to the surrounding areas, you see. That was just really, he expected that, that that would be just a natural outcome, a natural outflow that what you have received, that you will take it somewhere else, you see. And so there were key cities that had that impact upon other areas, how God led Paul. And naturally, again, they would, they would take the gospel to the other, other, other places. Key cities, key individuals also. Individuals that can influence other individuals. If you lead someone to Christ, you ought to immediately encourage them. Hey, who, who do you know? How about sharing your faith with those close to your family members? Those at your workplace, those that you know. They knew your life before that you were saved. Now they see your changed life. That's going to be a testimony, right? Share your testimony. Share your faith what Jesus has done for you. Yep. You know, there's opposition 
There's hindrances to the gospel. Look at verse 42. And when it was day, he departed, went to place to pray, went to a desert place, and the, notice, notice this here, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him. Stayed him. So what's, what's that about? Stayed him. Look at that, look at that word up. Stay means to hold back. To detain from going away. So they were, they were trying to hold him back to keep him from leaving, from going away, from going anywhere else. They wanted him to stay there. Now, I would imagine they, they, they meant well. You know, they, they uh, uh, loved his words, loved what he said. Yeah, there, there could have been other intentions here. Maybe they maybe they're being selfish. Hey, uh, he, he, can, he can feed us. He can uh, perform miracles and heal and... You know, you can't, can we not all be selfish? Uh, but you know, there's one area I don't want to be selfish in, don't want to be a hindrance in, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for this church. And uh, listen, you, you, you sacrificed. You sacrificed a no to the college, but also... It, uh, Union Baptist Church. There's been a lot of sacrifice that's 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 been made. Uh, I, I, you know that's that's cost your your pastor, their family, and, and really this church. Uh, the, the, the time uh, down there, just day in and day out. Um, but you know we have to be mindful. We 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 can't be selfish with. Our time, we can't be selfish with the gospel. Uh, there's other places that need the gospel also. You know, that, that should be a church's heart. Can I just commend you for that and praise God for that and encourage you? Hey, don't, don't, although, yes, it, 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 it's a sacrifice to go to other areas and to plant churches. You could uh, lose members to these other churches, uh, other churches. You know, members have gone and been to be in some of these other, other churches. Hey, you can, sometimes you can lose some of your best people, but really that's who you want to send, right? I know that can be hard. Giving up some of your best people to go to another area to help another church out or plant another church. But again, we have to be, we have to be mindful. You know, we, uh, you know our natural tendency is, is to be selfish. We don't want to lose people. Uh, I think of my own kids and maybe grandkids and, you know, how God may use them one day. That, uh, sure, we might have them close by with us now, but that's not going to always be there. They're not always going to be around. And we want them to be used of the Lord to, wherever it might be in the world. We'll never forget, I'll never forget my mother-in-law. Every time that we left to go back to Kenya, uh, there at the airport, she would have to literally, all, when it came time for us to board the plane, she would walk away and face the window, could not, could not look at us, and crying. That was hard. That was hard on us. That was hard on her. But yet, Mom and Dad Krause wanted the best for their kids. They wanted their children to be serving God. They knew this was God's will. They did not want to hold us back to stay us, to detain us from doing the will of God. 
And so these people, whether they were good, you know, maybe they were good meaning, I don't know. But, but, but notice here, Jesus kept his focus. He said, no, listen, I, I, I can't stay here because there are other cities that need the gospel also. I like what Matthew Henry said about this point right here. He says, they that enjoy the benefit of the gospel must be willing that others also should share in that benefit and not covet the monopoly of it. That was good. We've been blessed. But not just to, it's not just for, for us to hold on to. We are to share that blessing with others, to other cities, other places around the world that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, let's not be a hindrance to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's not, personally, not, let's not be, we might say, derailed by distractions. Jesus was not derailed by the distraction here. They could have gotten him off course. Of course, he's the son of God. He couldn't have. You know, he kept focused upon the, the will of his father, and that was the gospel going into all the world. But it's so easy. I know, personally, myself, to be distracted, uh, to get off course of what I'm supposed to be doing. We can hinder the gospel by a lack of prayer. We can hinder the gospel by not going out and witnessing. There's many different ways that we can, we can hinder the gospel from, from, from moving forward. False doctrine creeping into the church can hinder the gospel. And we must contend for the truth. I don't want to be that distraction. You know, I know I read that funny story at the beginning of the message, but how sad it is when someone's on their way to hell and we allow our own pride and selfishness to get in the way and we're over here singing to the, we might say, the septic tank of money, fame, the septic tank of pleasure, you know? We get sidetracked and off course, we're, and we're over here doing this when there's people over here that need to be comforted, that need the gospel of Jesus Christ. But because of our own pride, again, selfishness, we're off over here doing something just, just empty, vanity, and people are walking off into hell off over here. Let's not get distracted by whatever it might be that come in our life. And boy, I tell you, you know, our human nature, we, we, there's so many things to distract us, right? So many things in this life. How can we not be distracted? We need time in this book. Boy, we need time in prayer. We must spend time with the Lord. Lord, help me. Lord, to stay focused on what you've called me to do, what he's called each and every one of us to do, and that is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to preach the good news to each and every person that doesn't have it, and to, to go into other cities also. Let's bow our heads in prayer here tonight. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, so thankful that you came to this earth. 
You shed your blood in Calvary's cross for our sins and you rose from the dead and you are alive today. Thank you for preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And Lord, help us as your children to be involved in the work that you've called us to do. Lord, there's so many things in life that can get us derailed off the most important thing. And that is, first of all, a relationship with you. And also sharing the good news of Christ with others. Lord, we know that your coming is soon. Time is short. And the urgency of the matter is, is, is now. We, we, we must be about the Father's business now. So thankful for this church and for the blessing that it is. Be at this now in the time of invitation together in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Mentor.